I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapters 41 and 42. When we left chapter 40, Joseph was still in prison, and he'd interpreted the dreams for the butler and for the baker. In chapter 41, somebody else has a dream. Chapter 41, verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kine did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kine. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew, a servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored into mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself, and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kine, fat-fleshed and well-favored. And they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them, poor and very ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and ill-favored kine did eat up the first seven fat kine. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored, as at the beginning. So I awoke." And I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears withered thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. 
And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it unto me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh was one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine... And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by the reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because one thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt." Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let them gather all the food of these good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine." And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such an one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Well, in this passage we see that finally, Pharaoh's butler, remember him back in Genesis chapter 40? He finally remembers Joseph when Pharaoh had the dream that no one else could interpret. Joseph's now 30 years old. We see that in verse 46. You'll recall that he was 17 when he went out that fateful day to check on his brothers. It's too bad the baker had to die back in chapter 40, but it did demonstrate that Joseph's prophecies weren't just fluff jobs without any substance. Both of his interpretations had been fulfilled exactly as he had said, one with a happy ending and another with, mm, well, a fatal ending. Joseph listens to Pharaoh's cows and corn dream, and immediately God shows him the interpretation. Seven years of prosperity in the region, followed by seven years of famine. Joseph suggests a 20% tax on the harvest for the next seven years. Now it's to the bonus round for Joseph. The 30-year-old prisoner gives Pharaoh an unsolicited action item. He's, here's what he says. Look out a man, discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. You must admit, that was a bold move on Joseph's part. I mean, to go ahead and give instructions to Pharaoh regarding how to govern. Um, I wonder who would be a good candidate for this new dream-generated job. I mean, who'd make the perfect wise man? Joseph lands the best job in Egypt, second only to Pharaoh, at the young, aspiring age of 30. Who would have guessed that the road to success detours through prison? What a 13-year resume, house servant and prisoner. Joseph could not have done better had he gone to four years of college and six years of graduate school, and then, and then three more years of internship at the Egyptian Institute of Government Reform. That's E-I-G-R.
Well, okay, I made that up. Hey, the road to success isn't always paved. Well, this new job has, uh, has some perks. Verse 39, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none no discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zoph-e-Noth-Paniah. And he gave him to wife Asenoth, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh, and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much, until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine, which Asenoth, the daughter of Potipharuk, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said, He hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. And the famine was all over the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sowed unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was sore in all lands." Well, Joseph gets some extra benefits with his new job as the Egyptian bigwig. He gets the Egyptian chariot number two, and he also gets a new wife, Asenath. She's the daughter of one of the pagan priests. And Pharaoh throws in an Egyptian name to boot. To Joseph are born two sons who later represent two of the tribes of Israel. That's Manasseh and Ephraim. On behalf of Pharaoh, he stored up food for the first seven years. That would make him about 37 at that point. And then the famine hits Egypt along with the whole region. Thanks to Joseph, they have storehouses of food, enough to not only feed all of Egypt, but neighboring countries as well. Joseph has made Pharaoh a very successful king. Well, the king's got to be pleased. In chapter 42, we find that the brothers of Joseph have a tough meeting ahead with Joseph. Verse 1. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get ye down thither, 
and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, You are spies, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land are ye come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And Joseph said unto them, That is it that I spake unto thee, saying, You are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother. And ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together into ward three days. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses." But bring your youngest brethren to me, so shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. And they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, but in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear, therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto thee, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear? Therefore, behold, all his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them and wept, and returned to them again and communed with them, and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn, and to restore every man's money into his sack, and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. They laid to their asses with the corn and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender in the inn, he espied his money, for behold, it was in the sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done unto us? Well, they have a half reunion with Joseph. This is the half where Joseph knows he's reunited, but his brothers don't. Jacob and his sons have run out of food, but they hear that there's food to be purchased in Egypt. We don't know how much time has passed since the famine began, but based upon chapter 45, verse 6, 
It seems to be less than two years. That makes Joseph between 37 and 39 years old on this trip. So his brothers haven't seen him in over 20 years. Ten of them go down to Egypt to purchase food. Benjamin, Joseph's only full brother, stays home. When they arrive and appear before Joseph, he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. Verse 7 says, he spake roughly unto them. Well, they certainly had that coming. Uh-oh, I hear a little lie from the brothers in verse 11. They say, we are true men. Yeah, right. Joseph accuses them of being spies and locks them up for three days. Well, they had that coming too. Upon release, Joseph dictates his conditions. Here they are. Go back home with food and bring Benjamin back here. Perhaps Joseph suspects that they had also done some harm to Benjamin. Leave a hostage till you return, which turns out to be Simeon. They acknowledge among themselves the wrongdoing with regard to Joseph over 20 years ago in verse 21. They even acknowledge that this incident is the result of their actions. Now notice verse 22 in which Reuben acknowledges that he really did think that his brothers had killed Joseph. Perhaps that's the reason Joseph did not keep Reuben, who was the oldest, instead of Simeon, who was the second oldest, in prison. He learns from their conversation that Reuben had tried to intercede for him the day the brothers sought to kill him. The brothers think Joseph can't understand their discussions, but he hears every word. The last thing they saw was in verse 24, Simeon being bound right before their eyes. On their way home, one of them notices that his sack of money has the money in it, along with the corn. As a matter of fact, all their money had been placed in each of their sacks. Upon seeing this and recognizing that they may be accused of stealing the money from Egypt, they comment in verse 28 the following, What is this that God hath done unto us? They apparently view this as chastisement from God for their actions against Joseph back when he was just 17 years old. And beginning with verse 29, we see that the brothers go back and face Jacob with some bad news. Verse 29, And they came unto Jacob their father into the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, The man who is the lord of the land spake roughly to us, and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men, we are no spies. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father, one is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that you are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. And bring your youngest brethren to me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men. So will I deliver you your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And ye will take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead. And he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Well, upon arrival back in Canaan, 
Jacob is told the whole very weird story of the trip to Egypt. When they open their bags of grain, they find each man has his money along with the grain. Now they're afraid that they're each on the nine most wanted list in Egypt for stealing. They're afraid to go back for that reason, but Simeon is a prisoner there awaiting their return with Benjamin in tow. Jacob makes a very sad statement in verse 36 when he says, And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. Reuben is Jacob's oldest son, and he steps up to the plate, declaring his confidence that he can successfully go down to Egypt with Benjamin and bring everyone, including Simeon, back home. Pledges the life of his sons against this guarantee. No, too risky. Jacob determines to leave Simeon in the Egyptian prison rather than take a chance on losing Benjamin. Obviously, Jacob was not an advocate of the no-man-left-behind policy. There was also a trust issue here in all likelihood. Reuben had proven to be something less than faithful back 13 or 14 years ago when he took advantage of his own father's wife, Bilhah. That's in Genesis chapter 35. Moreover, Jacob remembers the evil deed done by Simeon along with his brother Levi when they massacred the men of Shechem back in Genesis chapter 34. As a matter of fact, he incorporates these incidents into his dying blessings to his sons at his death in Genesis chapter 49, verses 5 through 7. So here we're looking at the promise of a son who had lost Jacob's trust, and he's desiring to embark upon a treacherous mission to retrieve a son who still wasn't in great favor with his father anyway. Jacob just wasn't willing to risk Benjamin. This was a treacherous, a risky mission anyway. So just let Simeon stay in prison. However, if they run out of food again, things might change. And we're going to see that when we get over to chapter 43. And that's where we'll take up tomorrow. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.